Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We are back, or rather I am back. I am Marianne Fitzmorris sitting in for Tom. I, or I should say I'm not really, you know, somebody knew the show for about seven months with Tom. Only one half of us is missing. Tom is at Manresa. In the old days, I used to sit in just once a year, and this would be the time. So it's kind of like uh, revisiting the old days when I would just sit in here by myself for him. Anyway, if you would like to chat with me, I would love to do that. 260-6368 is the number. But first, before we do anything, I'm going to tell you about New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood, which is where you will find really good hamburgers have an extensive menu of hamburgers. You can choose from any number of them and get your own dressings, uh, dress them up yourself. Well, not yourself, but, you know, you tell them what kind of dressings. It used to be where they, you would dress them yourself, but, but you don't anymore. It's a fast, casual kind of thing. They also have really good seafood, and it's cooked to order. It comes really smoking hot to your table. That's because it is perfectly fried. It is golden brown. It is greaseless and cook to order. You can ask them for spice delicious, which will kick it up a notch in the spice level. You can get that on platters or on a poor boy. You will also find at New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood all kinds of local dishes, good salads, other sandwiches, and now char-grilled oysters. New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood has 10 locations around town. Do stop in and see them. You'll see what we're talking about. Allie is on the phone. I would love to talk to Allie. Hello, Allie. Hi, Marianne. How are you? I'm all right and just all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm great. And you are correct. I don't normally do anything in 30 seconds. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to call her back tomorrow. <laughs> you can have as much I time love. as you want now, Allie. What? I love the lady. Wasn't she? Yeah. Great. Darina? Darina. Yes. She was great. Did you look up her website? She was incredibly fascinating. She I was. did. And she was. I can't get over the accents. I think the accents are so charming. I, she probably could have talked about garbage, and I would have yes. thought that it was interesting. Yes. Yes. No, um, she, is a, she is a fascinating Gregory person. Was so what? great today, too. Everybody thinks the last two days have been great. Yay! I love to hear that. Um, he was so interesting. I mean, I know he knows a lot about everything, but I can't wait to go by there and, and get all these. He was nervous. I was very surprised by that. I thought, I said, Gregory, you're on the, you're on the radio all the time. Why, why are you, why are you nervous? But he was. Right. I guess people get that mic in front of them, you know, and they get, I guess, but I thought he did great. And I'm going to go check out those wines. Ellie, you know what I, I did, did yesterday? Did you did you read the newsletter oh, wow. today? I sure did, and did... you went back to Koshan. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like there's a homing device, 
and I have to go back now. The rolls, they, don't they look like a homing device? They do. Just, like, that, drawing yes. you in? Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid they're, they're, they're in my new little crutch. It's very sad. They're anyway. delicious. Just dipping those in the in the um, gumbo was uh, worth. So they're they're fantastic. Anyway, getting back to the Irish lady, she has um, she has a couple of ideas which I found kind of cute, in a hilarious sort of way, like to think yes. to think that Americans who eat Kraft macaroni and cheese out of a box and consider that food to think that those people yeah. are going to grab fresh vegetables out of their garden. And chop them when they've had a hard day at work uh, and and have a, a lovely family meal circa 1948 is frankly hilarious, but charming. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And you know what? I do aspire to do. Of course, everyone more does. Of, that. of course, and I they feel do. Like if you know better, if you know better, you can do better. Mm-hmm. But doing that every day of the week, suddenly feeling like you're just charged to go out and do every meal like that is probably unrealistic. Well, you know, you have this... But she was very convincing. No, I was, was like, no, I'm going to do it. Oh, you, well, well, let me know if you try it and then tell me. Well, you see, now you're kind of at home, though. I'm talking about... Yeah. I'm talking about she's got this idea that people like my son and his wife, who have been working all day, are going to do something like that, which is hysterically no. funny. You know, historically no. funny. And I, I love I mean, it's like it, it's a wonderful, lofty idea. It's kind of like me and my Martha Stewart projects. You know, it's a lofty idea. And I really I want to do this. I don't know about these Martha Stewart projects. What, what wait, what? They? I don't know about these projects. Oh, well, um, I used to have a Martha Stewart fixation. And I used to want to do things like gather up prairie grasses from the meadow at my house and and they were tall and lovely and then I would put a, a, a piece of twine on them and put them as place um, you know the what was <laughs> I'm drawing a blank here Thank you, Doug. Like on your tablescape? It's like contagious like... now, Doug. is. It's like somebody's got to be the prompt for someone. I'm the prompt for Tom, and now Doug is prompting me. Uh, oh, that's a scary, scary thought. Anyway, the centerpiece on the table. And, yeah. and it always, like, that was one of the few that I did accomplish. But I had just all of these dreadfully failed Martha Stewart projects. I hate Martha Stewart. I mean, I, I, I aspire to be her, but it, all of her projects are not for they're, – they're not for people without staff. Let's put it that way, you know? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yes. yeah. I see. So the idea is there. The want is there. Yes. But the reality of it actually being executed. You know what? I say I, I have um, – I am the queen of fantastic ideas poorly executed. That's, that's it. That's me. yeah. That's my yeah. that's my single I, I, bio. The queen of and you fantastic. were home, so like no, no, but but, all but look, week. Martha Stewart has a staff, Allie. Okay, behind yeah. the scenes are a lot of people who are paid to make Martha Stewart's projects work. Okay. Yes. So we need we need one of those. Yeah, I, we, all, yeah we all need a few of those. Yes, that's true. Well, so you were talking about sides yesterday, and that's when I tried to call in. Okay, so because you were talking about the boxed stuffing. 
Ah, yes. Do you do that? You don't do that. Okay. No, God, no. Okay. Um, in fact, there are not many things in which I frown upon, yeah. okay, yeah. food-wise, because yes. you and I have discussed, we grew right. up not with great right. cooks, right. okay, so yes. we had that stuff. I frown upon this. Hmm? This, I frown upon this, this idea of boxed stuffing. Like, I go to Thanksgiving for stuffing. Oh, you do? What kind of that stuffing is, do you like? Yes. Are you oh, a, are you a seafood I, I stuffing, a cornbread stuffing, a bread corn stuffing bread, person? But I mean, yeah, I love cornbread. I mix stuffing. them. I do French bread uh-huh. dried out. Okay. Cornbread okay. dried out. Okay. I get sage. I have sage from my oh, garden. I bet you that's good. Look at okay. you! You're I halfway mean, to Ballymole or whatever the place was, Ballymola. <laughs> But you should that go is there. Absolutely, my like number, like that's my one. Like if I show up to your Thanksgiving, or like if I know I'm going and someone says they're making the stuffing, I'm like, no, 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 no. You're I making will stuff. Okay, make it. I'm making. That's that's it. me that's with mac I'm... and cheese. That's me with mac and cheese. Don't yeah, even don't even talk to me about mac and cheese. Uh-huh. Users, yeah. Of Does anybody actually do that? I mean, I don't think anybody in this audience oh, that been, listens to food. I've been sh- devastated. Well, yeah, but they probably don't listen to a food show. I do that. No. Okay, you don't listen to the food show either. You say that that's all the true. time. And that's <laughs> okay. Now we know why, don't we? You the know box. the Wizard of Oz, the great booming voice? That's He's dumb. the Oracle the at Delphi. I've decided to start calling him the Oracle at Delphi. Go ahead. The, what? the box is the perfect place to start. Not the end, but the start. Do you make do you make a box stuffing? Doug? Absolutely, but that's not the end. Wait, is it stovetop? Do you use stovetop? Absolutely. Okay. Well, see, I don't even know what's in that box. I don't. I don't get anything. Stuffing box. is what's in the Isn't box. Is it, is it breadcrumbs or something? No yes. one knows what's in that mystery box. Of okay. Crap. Okay. So it's so it's like a, it's like bread, it's like yes. breadcrumbs. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. right. And, and and you know that's a good place to start. Uh, okay. Is any. Yeah, uh, I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? You know, my mom used to do a a, a a giblet, I guess, and bread dressing, and I remember it to this day because I always thought it was really kind of disgusting. She would take stale bread. And then she would rinse the stale bread till it got soaked, and then she would squeeze it. She would squeeze it like a sponge, okay. And then she would I put feel like all I'm of the dark zone. Yeah, it's gross. It was gross. But you know what? It was really oh good. God. No, it was good. I mean, she did make. She didn't ever use the boxed anything, but but that I always that kind of stuck with me as as being kind of gross. Tom was into cornbread dressing for a while, but it tended to be really really dry. Tom, Tom yeah, is mixed. a really you good cook. The, you need the good, the French bread, the softness. Even though you dry it out, you mm-hmm. need that depth that the French bread. Okay. Offered. Well, that's what that's what my mom used to do. One. That's what she used to. Do. Yeah. But, that's, but that's Tom has a, Tom has a few real shortcomings in the kitchen, and most of what he does is really really good. He does not do rice. He cannot do rice. Every rice project Tom has ever I done has been do a rice. grotesque I failure. What's so hard about that? You just you just put it in with water and then you just steam it. It's it's not hard. Anyway, gravy. Tom has Tom has really unnatural looking gravies like 
Like, you know how we were talking about the cranberry that holds the shape of the can? Well, Tom yes. does a gravy that, that holds the shape of the saucepan. So Tom was fired from gravy, too. And the third thing is that, that and there's a, I think that, that might be it. Anyway, his, um, his cornbread dressing was a little dry, too. We don't ever have dressing at the house anymore. We never do. Oh, you know, and we, then we don't if have gravy, up, which is too bad. Without it. Yeah. You know what? I you know what I really really love after Thanksgiving? I love a big pile of mac and cheese with some turkey gravy on it. Oh God, yes. But, but the I never gravy eat that. on the mac and cheese. I live for that. Yeah, yeah. It's I good. live for those leftovers. It's good. The next day. Yes. After- Yes, but we don't. In fact, Thanksgiving food might even be better after Thanksgiving. It's pretty good at Thanksgiving, too. It's pretty good at Thanksgiving. Yeah. I have a neighbor who's wonderful, and and we're good friends, and she looks after the dogs when we're gone, or dog now. But um, but my, my end of that bargain is I feed her. So when I, when I get very weak and I make a pile of chocolate mousse I text her after I've had my fill and I go I've got chocolate mousse or I feed her you know Thanksgiving leftovers and stuff and she she lives by herself so she's you know she's really happy to to have it anyway she used to come to our Thanksgiving anybody giving me Thanksgiving food after yeah yeah well she used to come to Thanksgiving but now we're not even having Thanksgiving so I'm gonna cook for her too and just give her stuff so anyway that's uh, that's our well, story. The children are beating on the bathroom door. You probably can't hear them, but oh, the kids are so okay. Escaping. Yes, so I have to run. <laughs> Remind me to tell you something off the air about beating on the bathroom door. Okay, well, I'll tell you off the air. All okay. right. Take I know it's off the air for break anyway. <laughs> All right, it is. That's right. Okay. That's right. All right. Yeah, two six zero six three by Alice. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. If you would like to check with just the wife, just one half of the regular duo in today. Give us a call or give me a call, please. WWL 105.3 FM HD2. I am back all by myself. Marianne Fitzmorris here talking about, you know, well, we talked about Beaujolais Nouveau with Gregory, who was kind enough to stop in and uh, and bring a couple of, well, he bought one Beaujolais Nouveau and one just Beaujolais. And uh, and we had several callers. And it's, it's almost like a club. So we don't want it to be like a club. Uh, you know, I, I like the idea of a club, but you're certainly welcome to join the club. Everyone seems to know everyone. So that doesn't mean that you can't call and get in on this. We're just talking about food. And we'll probably talk a lot about Thanksgiving because this is kind of the show where I really, really do talk about Thanksgiving. But that was in the days when it was only me once a year. And so we've been doing a lot of Thanksgiving talk. And like I say, I could endlessly talk about Thanksgiving. If you haven't gotten in on that and would like to do that, we'd love to talk to you about that. Or I'd like to talk to you. Uh, If you want to talk about anything else, happy to do that as well. 260-6368 is the number. But first, I have a very sad story about what happened last night. (laughs) Tom and I went to dinner. Someone bought Tom at a dinner uh, back in January, and we finally went to dinner with them last night. And um, we had a lovely meal at Arno's. And then we, we were driving home, and about a mile into the causeway, um, there was this strange noise 
where the console is for the my my car to it doesn't shift gears but it's an automatic but anyway it was right there and then i saw these two lights go on the dashboard indicating that my electronic system was melting down so at 9:45 last night i was standing on the bridge waving people off to keep from hitting us and then tom was sitting down uh, on the on the curb and fortunately the cops came pretty quickly and pushed us to the to the um, first crossover at which point we waited another hour and a half to get the car towed and I think it's time for a new car I mean this has been my car has had a lot of little issues since it had an accident earlier in the year and now it's just it's really traumatic but that was quite a quite a fun evening what a way to finish off an evening that started out really nicely uh we wound up driving in this gigantic tow truck across the bridge and the tow driver confessed that he didn't really feel comfortable driving the bridge which was also a little alarming and then he dumped the car at the place where they're going to look at it and then drove us home, at which point, uh, because we live in a, on a country road and I didn't want him to fall into a ditch, we jumped out of the cab and walked the rest of the way home at about 12.30 in the morning. But the stars were pretty. It was really a beautiful night. And if you were not uh, doing what we did last night, you probably didn't notice how perfect the sky was, but it was really, really gorgeous. Anyway, that's my little sad story. That's how Tom, that was the last memory that Tom has of our crazy life before he goes off to reflect on it, I guess, at Manresa. Today is the anniversary of the opening of Dickie Brennan's Steakhouse 31 years ago. This is kind of an interesting story, and I didn't know it, and Tom would like to have been here to tell it because it's, you know, kind of part of his archival uh, encyclopedic knowledge of what's going on in town. But um, it was actually, and I did hear this story, but one of the things that precipitated the breakup in the Brennan family was back, way, way back, of the, I don't know how many, were there five siblings? I'd have to think about that for a second. But of the of the siblings of the gen not the generation that runs everything now but the generation before them that's when the restaurant business really kicked into high gear but Owen Brennan started the whole thing and that's the father of so this would be like the grandfather of the ones that are running it now and uh Dick and Ella had the idea to open a chain of steakhouses across the country sort of like in the vein of what Ruth's became. And it was going to be called the Inner Circle. And because there was a faction of the family that loved this idea and a faction of the family that did not like the idea at all, they wound up splitting. And that's how the Brennan's group became the Brennan's group. And then everyone else went over to the commander's side. But... Um, the inner circle, Dickie Brennan ultimately came back to the idea of doing the the steakhouse, and it became Dickie Brennan's Steakhouse 31 years ago. And there is a room in the Dickie Brennan Steakhouse called the inner circle, so that's sort of like an inside, I won't say joke, but an inside nod 
to the the origins of the Brennan as a steakhouse came into be. Anyway, two six zero six three six eight is the number. It's National Gingerbread Day. Does anyone eat gingerbread? I know a lot of people like gingerbread houses. And when we walked into my son's house, when we went over there for the birthday party, um, Jackson was finishing up a gingerbread house, the first of, I'm sure, many that he will make in the course of the holiday season. And I do love gingerbread houses. I really do like the gingerbread house at um, the Roosevelt Waldorf Astoria, and there are other places that have them. If you know of another gingerbread house like that, I would really like to know because I'm trying to get them to come here for the holidays. But I know that the Windsor Court has their their train, but I don't know that there are, in, there are gingerbread houses there. Uh, but but do you eat gingerbread? I mean, has anybody, and this is another Martha Stewart project, gingerbread houses made out of actual gingerbread that you would also eat. Although nobody in my house would ever eat gingerbread except Tom because he likes all those ginger snap kind of cookies and all the ginger flavored things. But if you eat gingerbread, uh, tell me about it because I probably should try it, it being sort of a holiday thing. Um, what is it that, that you like about it? Do you have your own recipe? Do you make your own gingerbread? Because I, I don't really know anything about it. I like the gingerbread man. <laughs> I, like, I like that little storybook, um, which is kind of hard to find now. Gingerbread, the cookie, though, is sort of ubiquitous at holiday time. Tom also has something in his, uh, in his um, almanac. About parsnips, it being a root vegetable, he used to make for, we, we have our phases, we have our things for Thanksgiving that that are standard and they never change, like the ham, the mac and cheese, the turkey, the sweet potatoes, the string bean casserole. Uh, but there are things that do change at our house, like sometimes I would do roasted Brussels sprouts or sometimes I would do grilled vegetables or sometimes I would do... Gruyere bread pudding or brown rice with flavoring or white rice with flavoring. But um, Tom, for a while, got on this thing that he he started doing when he was doing charity dinners. Imagine Tom doing a 12-course charity dinner. Those lasted for a couple of years. They were really good because he does. He's really a good cook. But... Uh, he he for a while had this Merlaton rutabaga parsnip. What other kind of vegetable is it like that? I mean, a Merlaton's not a root vegetable, but that was kind of part of the mix that he did. And what it was was kind of a it was a gratin. I think I think there might have been I don't know I don't know if he ever did beets. But um, it was good. It was really good. I, I'm not a um, I'm not a Merlaton fan. One time we did fried Merlotons with shrimp remoulade, and that was the last time that Tom said anybody was ever going to fry anything on Thanksgiving because we have a pretty big kitchen and we have a gigantic island. But it's astonishing when you're doing a big party like that how little space there is when you actually start doing a lot of things. 
It could also be that we never clean up after ourselves. But um, we did do a fried marilaton, which was which was actually really, really good. But my sister is doing a, a marilaton casserole for Thanksgiving, and she made it with a lot of shrimp and decided that there were too many shrimp in the marilaton casserole. And my answer to that was, how is that possible? Is there ever such a thing as too much shrimp? I don't, I don't think so. I can't imagine that. They have a really good, is it, no, it's not melaton. It's a, it's a fried eggplant at Porter and Luke. But I would imagine that you could do the same thing with a melaton. You would, you could deep fry it and then fill it like you could an eggplant. I bet you that would work. Has anybody ever tried to deep fry a melaton and fill it with something? might actually be kind of a good thing to try for Thanksgiving. 2606368 is the number. What else do you have on your Thanksgiving table? I know I we've talked about Thanksgiving a lot, but I mean there is a lot to say about it. It's a it is the great American holiday. Desserts though. We haven't talked very much about the kinds of desserts that you might have on your Thanksgiving table. Um I was thinking that I was going to do and I, I might still do this just for fun, just to try it out. But I, there's a really great, um, it's a seafood, like a, like a shrimp and crab. They might have crawfish in it too. Cheesecake at Lake House in Mandeville. And I don't know. My sister has this thing, and she she's having it at her house this year. She has this thing for a shrimp mold that is, was in her husband's family, and it's it's pretty much this salmon colored shrimp colored mold is what it is. I mean, you never see those anymore, and it doesn't doesn't. I hope she's not listening. It doesn't get eaten very much, but um, I mean, there's nothing really wrong with it. It's just it's not. It's it's one of those old fashioned kind of things, you know. So I I hope she's not doing it because I might try to do a, a little more newfangled seafood appetizer like a a cheesecake like they do at at Lake House and it's pretty much loaded with seafood and so I decided that I was going to um, I, I opened a bag I, I do this a lot I, I will I'll decide I'm going to eat something that I shouldn't eat and I eat a little bit of it. And then I don't want it to hang around because I've I've been bad. I don't want to continue being bad. So I I will either give it to the neighbor, like I said, or I can sometimes just throw it away. I mean, if it's a processed food, I don't feel guilty about that because it's bad for you anyway. But I had these Stacy's chips, which are uh, I'm sure you I've said if you listen to this show, you know that I'm obsessed with Stacy's uh, roasted fire roasted jalapeno chips. So when I opened up the bag and ate as much as I wanted of it, I took a rolling pin and I crushed all the rest of them. And I have now what amounts to breadcrumbs, only it's crushed Stacy's jalapeno chips that I'm going to use as the crust for this cheesecake, which I'm now committed to making because I'm talking about it on the air. So I'll probably get some shrimp 
and and some crab meat and make that cheesecake as an appetizer for Thanksgiving because I, I wasn't really planning on doing an appetizer because it's not going to be very much many people but I took some stale bread and I'm going to mix the two of those things and then make that the crust for this cheesecake but I'm going to try that. And Tom's going to do a regular cheesecake dessert, like a probably a satsuma cheesecake. But do you do what kind of desserts do you have when you have your Thanksgiving on your Thanksgiving table? What kind of desserts are there? Two six zero six three six eight is the number. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris in all by myself. So call me up and let's talk about whatever it is that you would like to talk about. You're listening to WWL one hundred five point three FM HD two. I am back. I was going to say we are back, but it's just me today in the studio, the Mrs. sitting in uh, for, well, Tom, I'm not sitting in for him because I do the show now with him regularly, but uh, Tom is uh, at Manresa this weekend. So give me a call if you would like to chat. Just the two of us. Let's go to Stephen. Hello, Stephen. Hey, I don't know what happened yesterday, but I couldn't hear you on the radio all the whole two hours. Hmm. So on my radio, I mean, like they said, everybody, other people were calling in, but anyway, but this morning when I turned this channel on, I got it. So Hmm. uh, you couldn't, you couldn't hear the show at all, or you just couldn't hear me hear the show at all on my radio in my car. Wow. That's interesting. And I even moved locations 20 blocks. Bigger, maybe it was a dead zone I was in or something. But, I'm so no. flattered with your dedication. Doug, would you, can I ask you to please put up the podcast from yesterday? Did you? Would you please? When, when, <laughs> okay, Doug, I've got this bottle of wine, but only if the podcast goes up. The, the quid pro quo is such a, a hot term now. Anyway, all right, so Stephen, what's on your list today? I'm sorry about that because it's okay. really it was a really good show yesterday. We had this really interesting yeah. Irish woman on. Yeah, okay. Have you see, been to um, Sonic to get the bacon mac and cheese <laughs> no, bites? No, and I'm not going to, no. Did you go? No, no, I'm not a big mac and cheese person. I didn't even know that this is happening. I guess you see it. Where'd you see this? On TV or something? On TV. Oh, I see. Yeah, on TV. Okay, no, I have no idea. And also, Channel 26 has changed its format. That's correct, You know, there's not only Channel 26 1, but there's 2 and 3, and maybe 4. Anyway, uh, Channel 26 2 is now the Emerald. And um, Mar- uh, um, what's her name? Martha Stewart channel. Oh, is that right? And really? So you, yeah. Now the, the, the ones I'm of, over it, Stephen. Go ahead. What of, of Emerald uh, are old? I mean, they must be 15 years old. Yeah, They're he looks so different. Of Emerald. Yeah, he looks so different. Than, than when I've seen him lately. So uh-huh. I mean, he's beginning to. Because he's not aging well. Over. He's not aging well. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got big old bushy must or eyebrows yes, that I don't remember him having. Yes. But well, they, you know, it's a when you when you age, it doesn't. You know, it's it, it's not an improvement. That's for sure. Yeah, I realize <laughs> that. Yeah. So Martha Stewart's so there tormenting people like me now on TV again. Yeah, but, oh, but it's like you get like three hours of Emerald. And then you get three hours of Martha Stewart, mm-hmm. and then you get three hours of Emerald, and three hours of Martha Stewart, and then they throw in a 
house in the country program or something you uh-huh. know, every once in a while. But it's it's pretty much Martha Stewart and Emerald. Well, they're you together. Know, the, you know, Martha Stewart bought Emerald. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she bought his oh. whole brand. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, that they're sort now, of now Martha seems to be aging well. I mean, I can't tell whether this is a recent or whether it's ten years ago. Uh huh. Um, you yeah. know. Well, she, I, I've seen her. She doesn't look too bad. No, she definitely doesn't. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah. I, I'm over her. I don't. Uh, I'm not tempted. <laughs> I'm not tempted to get sucked into all of her projects that are going to make me furious, <laughs> like I did. And she did a lot on turkeys. I mean, there were. She did. I think I watched about four episodes on turkeys with different people, and yeah. she very much believes in stuffing the turkey. Yeah. Look now, all. Also, one of the things is they took the stuffing and put it in cheesecloth uh-huh. and then stuck it inside the turkey uh-huh. so that it would it didn't, you know. What does that got to do with anything? Pull all of it out uh-huh. and and not, uh, you know, not, uh, not be bad. The turkey goes bad when you have stuffing in it. Well, and I don't know that you can boil. I mean, I don't know that you can make gumbo after you stuff the turkey. Let me tell you something. Gumbo, I, this is this is something I discovered, which is a wonderful idea. I have, I love boudin, love boudin. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. a boudin um, purveyor in Hammond. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say this, and then yeah. I'm not going to be. I think it's Ronnie's. I think it's Ronnie's. And I have a um, a nephew who lives there and comes to the family things, and he always brings me boudin, and it's smoked boudin. It's really great boudin. And yeah. so I had some turkey gumbo, and instead of using rice, I used boudin. And mm-hmm. to do the gumbo with boudin as a rice really kicks it up a notch and gives it an extra, you know, I won't say flavor. It does give it a lot of flavor, but it's just, thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. And, yeah, it was. it's really good. It's really good. Plus, I also invented this other thing, which I think, if I do say so myself, is rather brilliant. And now they're using it over at Forks and Corks, which is mac and cheese. They have good mac and cheese there. And a really good gumbo. And one day I asked to skip the potato salad and skip the rice and just put the gumbo over the mac and cheese. And now one of the servers tells me that that's what they eat all the time. The servers are just eating the gumbo over the uh, mac and cheese. And I mean, it's 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 a grand idea. It's like turkey gravy with extra stuff in it. Fantastic. My mother didn't make mac and cheese for the two older ones, my older brother and myself, and then my sisters, which were five years younger than me, and uh, as I went off to prep school and and college, uh, they had mac and cheese all the time. So Mm -hmm. I never had mac and cheese as a kid. Oh, so you didn't fall in love with it? No, except Uh. maybe on holiday or something, she might do mac and cheese, but only once a year when I when I was growing up, so I'm not a big mac and cheese person. Stephen, mac and cheese is almost like the fundamental warm your soul food. 
Yeah. I think you have arrested now, development as a result of that, perhaps. Go ahead. I, I will say one time I was at that restaurant that um, just closed that uh, Duke was at. What was the name of it? Cello. The one on the the one on the North Shore that recently changed. Oh, and now, Antini's, Antini's. Antini's. Yes. And I was there one one night, and I said something to the owner, general manager, whatever, and I said, "Well, why don't you have mac and cheese with? You know, you do such mac and cheese since there was association with with a place in, in Chalmette. Uh I said. You know, you're you're upscale over here. Why don't you add lobster or shrimp to it? Uh-huh. And the next thing I know, <laughs> they brought me out mac and cheese with shrimp in it. <laughs> <laughs> was it good? It was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, um, you could do you could do mac and cheese. You know that that brisket at G Orlando's, yeah. which is on the menu to yeah. say Thursday. Uh-huh. Yeah, the menu on Thursday. Think about yeah. that over mac and cheese. Yeah. That's that's a pretty great idea if I do say so myself. Anyway, yeah, yeah Stephen, you need to uh, you need to maybe plumb the depths of of uh, possibilities with um, mac and cheese. And uh, also, uh, Connor, and yeah, yeah, yes, uh-huh. uh huh. You know, he was. Uh, in He's probably one got a good mac he- and cheese. Well, probably I haven't had it, but he also is in one of those Chef of the Year things. Uh-huh. The one that has the poster yeah. where they have like forty up and coming chefs of the year. Uh-huh. But I mean, so I mean, he's got some credentials. Yes, Stephen, I think that you are. I think that you have a uh, a fickle uh, association with chefs. What happened to you going to see Chef Duke all the time? Now it sounds like you are going to see Connor. What do you think Chef Duke's going to think about that? Well, I don't know. Um, you know, I didn't see Chef Duke for a long time. <laughs> and also, Connor, Connor's prices are a lot cheaper. <laughs> You heard that, huh, Duke? Okay. That's probably true, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have to go over and have some of Duke's $14 uh, meatball and spaghetti as opposed to the $22 he had in Teenies. All right, Steve, is that the end of your list? Okay. That's it. All right. Always a good list. Thank you, Stephen. Okay. uh, Is Jude uh, with your husband? No, not this year. He didn't come to men? No, not this year. No. No. Okay, well, I know he had in the past. So. He, he has, but um, but the the big uh, birthday, the big grandson birthday, falls right okay. in the middle of it. So uh, that was yeah. an easy choice for him. It was yeah. a, sort of an odd. The whole Manresa Jackson's birthday, Thanksgiving thing, and those things always kind of jumble each year. It's like they reshuffle a deck of cards. Those this year yeah. it fell in a way that killed everything <laughs> so it's yeah. uh it's gonna be an interesting thanksgiving all right Stephen. Okay. thank you for calling two six zero six three six eight is the number if you would like to chat only got about another 12 minutes to do that um you don't have to have a list like Stephen, but his lists are always interesting whatever you would like to talk about happy to do so samuel Kennard was born today in Nova Scotia, Halifax, and I'm so glad. I I, I feel kind of bad because Tom has sort of um, 
It's almost like a Tourette's thing with Halifax and halibut. And so I feel sort of bad that he doesn't get to exercise that today. But I'm also really glad that he's not here, that I can just talk about it, you know, in a normal way. But uh, Samuel Kennard was born today in Halifax. And it it uh, is, you know, the Kennard line was named after him. But I have to say that we have had some wonderful experiences. What I have to say about that is wonderful experiences on Cunard. And one of my, one of my um, bucket list things was, you know, we all have our unusual bucket list items, but one of mine was that I wanted to do all three of the Cunard queens. We started in the Cunard world on the Queen Mary 2 back in, I want to say 2009. That was a transatlantic cruise, which I recommend if you haven't done that. First of all, it's, it's really inexpensive. And I learned that a lot of British people use that as a method of transportation rather than flying across the ocean. It's unique in that it is an ocean liner versus a cruise ship. And it makes a lot of difference when you're in the ocean what is in the underbelly of the ship. And uh, I love the Cunard line. And we've done Queen Mary twice and Queen Victoria once. But I never have done the Queen Elizabeth. So I still haven't been able to scratch that itch on my bucket list uh, to do the three queens. And and I don't think we're going to do it because we're not cruising anymore. I would have to do it on my own. And honestly, I, I don't know if I can bring myself to uh, to do that. But that was something that I would like to have done. But the Cunard line, if you have not if you have not done it, is a is a really nice thing to do. People ask me a lot of times about cruise lines because we've taken a lot of cruises. And I would say that you have your top of the line. You have your Seabornes and your uh, Regents and um, a lot of, you know, European lines that are really high-end. Um, Crystal, those... Um, there's another one. There's Regent. There's Crystal. There's there's one other one that I'm forgetting in that really top tier. And then there's the bottom tier, the Norwegians, the Carnivals, the Royal Caribbeans. And then there's Cunard, which is kind of by itself. It's not the top tier. It's still very affordable, but it's also a little bit nicer than the other ones. And I... If I had to cruise anymore, I would probably do that one more than any of the others. Of course, I, I can't speak for the Seabornes or the Crystals or any of those because I those are too expensive. But um, I'm sure they're really, really nice. Anyway, happy birthday to Samuel Cunard, who started the Cunard Cruise Lines back in... I don't know when the actual line started, but he was born in 1787 today. So um, pretty long time ago. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. The surgeon William Beaumont was born today in 1785. He, this is kind of not something you should talk about for a food show. He gave us an understanding of digestion. Actually, 
<laughs> Actually, I don't. I don't think I want to say anything more about this at all. It has to do with a gunshot wound and a and a gaping stomach hole. You don't want to hear about that either, do you? I sort of just kind of go through, scan through Tom's uh, almanac, and sometimes you get into it and you realize, oh no, I have to backtrack and get my way out of that. His words to eat by today is a good one. It's by Francois-Marie Arrette, oh, Voltaire, Voltaire, um, who was a French writer in 1694, born today. And it is, quote, nothing would be more tiresome than eating and drinking if God had not made them as pleasure, a, a pleasure as well as a necessity. Don't you hate people who don't like to eat? I mean, there are people who don't like to eat. Sometimes I think that I feel that way, too, because I'm never really hungry, but I really do like to eat. And I remember my daughter, <laughs> when she was like 12 years old, she she kept wanting to go on a diet, but she would get frustrated after she started a little bit, which we all do, uh, because she just liked to eat too much. And she she went into like this really long period of serious, serious dieting where she didn't hardly eat anything. And I I was kind of worried about her maybe becoming anorexic or something. And uh, she said, I don't think you ever have to worry about that because I really love food way too much. And I think that's I think that's true of most people. Most people really love food because it, it's really great. But there are people who don't like food and don't eat food. Oddly enough, we have some friends who were, well, actually, he was the best man at our wedding. And his wife, who's always been very trim, used to dine out with Tom. They predate me in Tom's life. And they used to dine out with Tom all the time. In fact, Tom introduced them to dining, which is, <laughs> which really is kind of a thing you know there's I have this saying kids don't dine because they eat and I kind of do that too I don't really I don't really dine but um I remember when I was doing the radio long ago one of my first clients one of the first advertisers on the show invited me to come and eat and this was you know, I, like I said many times before, I grew up in a family of boxed potatoes and canned everything and Vienna sausages as considered a meat. So when they invited me to their restaurant, this was Legals, if anybody remembers Legals back in the day. I think they were in the warehouse district before the warehouse district became what it is now. But I went to, to lunch there and... We ate for four hours. Four hours later, I came out and I just was it, was, it was a transformative experience because I never, I, I we didn't eat like that. And I just didn't know that there were people that actually did that. And it was, it was very pleasurable. I mean, it was a, it was an interesting conversation and the food was really, really great, but I just couldn't believe that people spent that much time eating. I mean, it's like you eat sort of 
I mean, Tom lives to eat and I eat to live. And uh, and then I got in, you know, I, I, I started to hang out with Tom and that was a whole, I mean, it was kind of like that little experience sort of prepared me for the rest of my life. But but wow, there are people who really do eat for a long time and and drink as part of it, and it just goes on forever and ever. And I just, I've always been amazed by that. But anyway, this woman, I started to say about this woman, who whose husband was the best man in our wedding, she and her husband used to dine out with Tom all the time. And she had that same experience when she first started hanging out with Tom. She just couldn't believe that anybody could eat that much or for that long. And she used to always say that if it was up to her, she would just take a pill and, and be done with it. And I'm I'm really kind of jealous of people like that because, first of all, they look good. <laughs> and second, um, you know, they it it's they probably feel pretty good too. I mean, I always feel kind of gross when I eat a lot. Anyway, one last thing in the newsletter: a good writer is not per se a good book critic. No more so than a good drunk is automatically a good bartender, which I have to say is pretty true. Anyway, that's an American newspaper columnist, Jim Bishop, who was born today in 1907. Anyway, that's it for my first day all by my lonesome. I hope you will call and chat tomorrow. I will be here by myself. Tom will be back on Monday, and we'll be doing our usual silly thing. So, uh, you know, hope you're with me tomorrow. Have a wonderful evening, everyone, and uh, enjoy some Beaujolais Nouveau tonight because today is the day. It's out and about, and it's, uh, I guess, officially the holiday season now. WWL 105.3 FM, HD2. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.